When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. The Zone. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. And I sure did see a lot of tractors moving over the weekend. Hopefully the warmer weather this week allows us to continue with that field work. Morning, everybody. It's a Monday. Here we are, the ninth day of May, and all of a sudden it's going to feel like July. Oh, yeah. Hot and sticky this week for sure. Today, partly cloudy. It's going to be windy. 78 are expected high today. Tomorrow... 86 are expected high, and we've got about a 30% chance of showers or thunderstorms late in the day on Tuesday. Wednesday, more heat, and around 84. Thursday, we top out near 88 degrees. So you understand why I said going from May to July all of a sudden. We'll talk weather with Stu Muck in just a little bit. Have you ever heard of the Brenner cycle? This is what many in agriculture are using to predict what's going to happen until 2025. I'll explain for you coming up. And June Dairy Month just around the corner, and Wisconsin's getting ready to mobilize. Those are a couple of the topics this morning. Stick around. It's 15 minutes until dinner time, and between everything on the stove, table, and cutting board, you've got enough to worry about. But everyone knows the meal isn't complete without warm, delicious rolls. So what can you do? There's no time to make rolls from scratch or pick some up from the bakery. Now you don't have to compromise. Try Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls with all the taste and freshness of homemade rolls, ready in around 10 minutes. Simply heat them in the oven and you're done. No prep necessary, no stress required. Complete the meal with Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls. Well, it started. We don't know when it's going to end, but it started. Discussion, debates, contributions for the 2023 Farm Bill. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. The first hearing slash conversation happened in Michigan where Senator Debbie Stabnall, the chair of the Senate Agriculture Committee, got, brought people together to start the conversation. Bob, you and I both know when it starts versus when it ends, everyone we've seen is a little bit different and a lot of yeah. different components. You're exactly right, Pam. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And at that meeting in hearing in Michigan, they did talk some dairy. Dairy margin coverage program, very important. But other farm groups are trying to do things outside the farm bill, like the Farmers Union and members of the Farm Bureau. The Dairy Together program, stabilizing dairy prices, is the goal of that program. I talked recently with uh, one of our new UW-Madison dairy economists, Chuck Nicholson, about that program. Chuck has had a career around the country dealing with agriculture at some of our major universities. And uh, he said uh, this is a program that he has worked on around the country in the past. These programs are not really new. I started out in California in 2009 when a really bad time for a lot of dairy producers. And the ideas really arose then that we could have a program to manage growth. Two key elements in that program are setting an allowable amount of growth for farms and figuring out if you exceed that growth that you're going to pay something called a market access fee. So the two key elements, there's some amount of growth that you're allowed, and we talked in this program about having growth that stays within that amount, being in Tier 1, which is a little bit of growth, and Tier 2, which is more, and then paying market access fees on uh, all the milk you produce as a part of 
essentially paying for the privilege of servicing that additional milk into the marketplace. Go into a little more detail about uh, the tiers that you have, the growth levels, how the market access fees would work, and what is a market access fee under this program? Okay. Well, I want to make sure that folks are clear that I'm going to talk about one way to do it, but it's not the only way to do it. As an example, uh, we talked about our analysis of growth of up to uh, a million pounds a year. You do not pay a market access fee, and you would, in fact, receive, in a sense, a reimbursement from the other farms that we're expanding. From one to four million additional pounds of milk per year, depending on your farm size, you would pay a market access fee of a quarter per hundredweight to a dollar per hundredweight. And if you were above four million additional pounds of milk in a given year, you would have a market access fee that would go somewhere from about 50 cents a hundredweight to $2 a hundredweight. So if we look at it, and, and you've been working with farmers for a long time, what if farmers like to do produce more than they have before? So if they want to grow a million pounds one year, and they grow, want to grow another million pounds the next year, how is this going to work, or should they focus on maybe 200,000 this year, 200 next year? What's the, I guess, what tweaks that market access fee so they can get money back? Yeah, I think the core idea is you're trying to have folks be a little bit more thoughtful about their growth patterns. So you can get to a million additional pounds of milk in a couple of different ways. You could do it all in one year. You could do it over two, three, four, or five years. Under this kind of a program, you would be better off to have slower, more incremental growth because then you would avoid paying the market access fee and, in fact, you would benefit from the reimbursements that other farms expanding beyond that amount would pay into a pool of dollars. Who would administer this pool of dollars? We've got uh, MPC right now. That, you know, that's a government payment. This sounds to me like the government's not paying for this. So the payment is actually a payment of money from one set of dairy farmers to another, and there are a number of different ways in which a program like this could be managed. Some of the core uh, tenets, uh, core design ideas that have been put forward by the Dairy Together folks are really that this would be a dairy farmer managed uh, kind of program. My sense is we'd also have to have the federal government involved to make sure that the rules are written correctly and things are operated fairly, but it could actually be a producer-inspired and a producer-managed program. And as we look at this program, if and would it would gain traction and become a national program, the, the government would not be administering this. I'm sure that you have to have rules that you'd have to follow, but this would be dairy farmer-managed? Well, could be. Uh, could be dairy farmer managed. I think actually the, the USDA folks are pretty good at managing lots of different programs, so the expertise might be something that folks would want to tap into. But I think the key thing is uh, the government wouldn't be part of making payments into a pool or taking money out. That would be more of a direct kind of uh, exchange between different groups of dairy farmers. And one of the other things that we looked at in the work we did analyzing these programs is how much this might save the government on a program like the dairy margin coverage type program. We actually found there were some pretty substantial savings up to about $2 billion over the course of five years. Well, and as you look at this program and uh, farmers getting into the program, get in one year and out the next year. Once you're in, you're in. And, and what about entry for other farmers? All of a sudden, you start the program, you got X number of farmers, and then all of a sudden other farmers say, hey, this is a pretty good program. I want to get in. 
is it open and allowable and set up so that it's a free entry without any hiccups, so to speak? Yeah, so there's a couple things. First, the program could be set up to essentially allow for new farms that are starting to gain a new production base without paying that market access fee. And we did some work looking at that and found that the programs could work even under that. Uh, but I think a key principle to keep in mind with this whole thing is when you expand, you pay. When you don't expand, you don't pay. So it's a little bit different than sort of making decisions about dairy margin coverage every year. You don't really make a decision except about what you want your milk production to be. And on the basis of that, you know, you're in one category or you're in another. You've done some modeling going back to 2014. We all knew what the milk prices were in 2014, what they were in 2015. Up until now, we're getting back to some of those 2014 levels. What kind of numbers can you share with as far as the modeling you did as far as maybe what the income difference, net farm operating income might be for dairy farmers based on your modeling? In any given year, you might have a range of impacts, but over that seven year time period, we saw an average increase of about $1.40 per hundred weight for all dairy farmers, not just those participating in the program. And we saw roughly an increase from about an average uh, farm operating income of about 50,000 for a farm between one and five million to about uh, over $100,000, $125,000 if they stayed within the allowable growth amount. So there was a significant gain in pro uh, profitability for a farm of that size by staying within the growth. And that's kind of the idea. You want to give people an incentive not to grow and still be profitable. And I'm sure your modeling included not just the specifics of making milk and marketing milk. Did you look at the markets and what kind of an impact this would have on prices, on exports, on imports, and things like that? We did find that there would be some increases likely in dairy product prices. For example, about a 11 cent increase per pound on average over that seven year time period for a product like cheddar cheese. We also looked at the very important question of what happens to U.S. dairy exports. It's been an important source of growth for the industry over uh, the last decade and beyond. And what we saw was under a program like this, you'd have somewhat higher prices. Our products are going to have to compete a little harder in the, in the world marketplace. We would continue to see growth in dairy exports, but that growth would be sort of more slow and more steady uh, as opposed to the way in which it's been, which tends to kind of go along with the price cycles we've seen in the industry. I think that's an important uh, point to make. We'd still see growth it might be a little different. Yeah, we'd still see growth both in our ability to access and benefit from export markets, and we would continue to see growth in our, our domestic dairy product consumption as well, but we would temper that growth a little bit through the mechanism of these higher prices we'd see for dairy products. Chuck Nicholson is with us, the newest member of the uh, Ag Economics Department, UW-Madison Dairy Economist, and Chuck, you've been around Wisconsin at meetings this spring and the feedback you get from farmers, I know you like to respond to. Tell me about some of the thoughts that farmers have expressed to you on this, their concerns, their support, what they see in this program because they're on the ground producing this milk and you know, it's a lot more fun to receive a check than have to write one. <laughs> Excuse me, absolutely. One of the things that I've been hearing a lot more recently is that we're in a very different place now with regard to a number of things. We've lost a tremendous number of farms here in Wisconsin at a rate that has been in a way in advance of uh, what we've seen in, in lots of other years. 
We have many more challenges with supply chains, both in terms of the costs and in terms of just getting basic inputs. So I think one of the things that folks are thinking about for a program like this is can we bring some stability and some predictability back to the marketplace uh, that's going to help us to focus on doing the things that we enjoy more, which is really about managing, managing the cows and managing the cropping. Do you see any place where there's a flaw in this down the road five or ten years, all of a sudden somebody blows a hole in it for whatever reason, or is this planned out well enough that it can last a long time? And is this, we're talking about changes possibly in federal milk marketing orders under the current orders, is this a workable program, things like that? Let me answer the second of those first. When we did our analyses, we incorporated all the stuff that federal orders do. Uh, and I can't foresee that we'll have major changes in federal orders that would have a big effect on this uh, kind of a program. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I'll say is we looked at not just one, but five and really more different possible ways in which we could design a program like this. And we get to a little bit different places, but the same basic results come out of all those program designs, which is basically we have a bit higher uh, farm milk prices, we have more stable farm milk prices, uh, we continue to allow growth in export markets and domestic dairy product consumption despite a little bit higher product prices. So the key is that there's no one design that gets you to that place and you have a lot of levers that you can pull that would help you to get to a place that you want to get to. It also tends to suggest that the program is going to be pretty resilient, pretty robust in the face of ongoing dairy market evolution. And as we look at it, one of the problems has been stability. All you got to do is go to 14 and 15. This would level out $24 milk versus $12 milk? Yeah, the idea is we actually get to that higher average farm milk price by basically taking off the bottoms of the troughs uh, that we've seen in the price cycles that exist in, in farm milk. Once again, it's called the Dairy Together Program. Helping explain it, Chuck Nicholson, UW Dairy Economist and the Center for Integrated Ag Systems with support from the Dairy Innovation Hub. I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Farming is dangerous. There's dangers all around us. We work around it and we live around it every day. And we just become desensitized to what's around us. We go through safety training and you know we try and do these things to make sure accidents don't happen, but you just never know. There are so many farmers that I think take for granted all of the underground utilities that are there. You don't want to hit a gas pipe because that's your life. The other part of it is if you hit certain things, you're liable for it. I mean, we kind of know what's out here, but all at the same time, you, you just always call. FarmSafe 811 starts with you. Whether you're installing drain tile or doing any sort of digging, always call 811 and wait for any underground lines to be marked and have the depth confirmed. That's farming with care. But if a line does get damaged, go somewhere safe and call 911. Always keep safety in the back of your mind. Just stay humble. For more information, go to farmsafe811.org. We give you the tools, knowledge, and income so you can take your career however far you want to take it. I'm Wynn Davies. W.E. Davies and Sons Remodeling is now hiring carpenters, lead carpenters, boycott a stale career. We want you to take on a fresh perspective to your path in life. We're a local family business offering services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. You could be your next team player to deliver stunning, transformative results. Visit wedaviesremodeling.com.
There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to DeKalb, constantly innovating products and technology to maximize crop protection, production, and yields. And from Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Woo-wee! Better be ready to do some flexing when it comes to your management plans this week because all of a sudden we're going to go from uh, April-like temperatures to July in a heck of a hurry. Time for your Compure Financial Ag Weather Updates. Stu Muck, our Ag Meteorologist, along with us. Yeah, a lot of folks took advantage of the weather over the weekend to get outdoors. A lot of farmers starting to scratch around. I imagine we'll see pretty substantial improvement in our Crop planting update this afternoon. Oh, I'd expect it because we just had that chance to really get out and get something going as it warmed up and started to dry out. Windy this morning with that mild air building in. There is rainfall. Eau Claire's had a little rain this morning, about uh, three hundredths of an inch, with some shower activity up into north central Wisconsin. Low pressure way out to the southwest yet today, northeast Colorado. But it's going to make a trip right across the central part of the U.S. Could mean more rain and some accumulating rains here later tonight, especially La Crosse, Oshkosh, La Crosse, Eau Claire, and Mauston. The rest of us see a little lighter rain late in the nighttime. Could be some activity in the afternoon. None of it going to be all that heavy, but there will be some on and off rains here as we head toward midweek. Very mild, though, in the meantime. I'll have forecast details right after this. calves got you down? Draining your profits, time, and motivation? Get your calf up and moving now with BioVet's new Baselight Calf Electrolyte. Baselight contains balanced electrolytes for restoring and maintaining proper fluid levels in scouring calves. It's easy to mix, palatable, and calves are eager to drink it down to the last drop. Stop feeling down. Pick up the phone and order BioVet's Baselight. Call 1-800-BIOVET-1. 1-800-B-I-O-V-E-T-1. It's 15 minutes until dinner time, and between everything on the stove, table, and cutting board, you've got enough to worry about. But everyone knows the meal isn't complete without warm, delicious rolls. So what can you do? There's no time to make rolls from scratch or pick some up from the bakery. Now you don't have to compromise. Try Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls with all the taste and freshness of homemade rolls, ready in around 10 minutes. Simply heat them in the oven and you're done. No prep necessary, no stress required. Complete the meal with Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls. All righty, buddy, let's have that detailed forecast. All right, well, the Compure Financial Ag Weather Update is today calling for sunshine, a breezy day as well. And that sprinkle up around Eau Claire, central Wisconsin this morning. Temps in the upper 70s, I'd say La Crosse probably over 80 today with the southeast winds 12 to 25, even some gusts to 40 or more. Overnight, mostly cloudy. Could be a shower developing at La Crosse or Austin already in the evening or just the nighttime hours. Most likely heading toward daybreak further ahead to the east, a tenth of an inch overnight. That's about the worst we'll talk about. And we hold in the upper 60s. The south winds 10 to 20, gusting to 30 and 35, diminish later in the night. Partly sunny Tuesday, just a small chance of an afternoon shower or storm kind of scattered activity. Low 80s for highs. 
with the south winds about 5 to 15. Mostly sunny Wednesday, that scattered shower storm again toward the afternoon. Upper 70s, around 80, a lot of places. And the southeast winds at 5 to 15. We'll start to dry it out a little bit, Pam, with that mild air. That's what's going to stick around with us right on to next weekend. All right, I'll take it. Talk to you tomorrow, Stu. Thank you. You bet. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist with weather details you're looking for. Brought to you this morning courtesy of Compure Financial. Your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit Compure.com. Don't forget about our Midwest Farm Report talk text line. Let me know what's happening in your area, be it planting, weather conditions. That's 877-301-FARM. 877-301-3276. Let me know how you're handling the weather this week. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Let's ride bikes. Busy professionals don't have time to deal with bike shops. I'm Andy Q, owner of the Bike Mobile. Avoid the hassle of dragging your bicycle to the shop. Ask your employer if the Bike Mobile can visit your office for a bicycle tune-up day for you and your co-workers. The Bike Mobile is a mobile bicycle repair van that comes to you at home or at work. Book your appointment today at thebikemobile.com and let's ride bikes. Weather can have a significant impact on your lawn and landscape. Repairing it is as easy as having Kalani Topsoil deliver the perfect seed-friendly shredded blend of topsoil to smooth out your lawn leaving you with the most eye-catching landscape in the neighborhood. Visit KalaniTopsoil.com, or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. It's time for this week's planting update with Dave Rawley, Wisconsin Region Manager with Wiffles Hybrids. Dave? The risk-reward is, is as high as it's ever been uh, if you look at the markets and the input. So you really need to stick with your plan, uh, exercise patience and good caution. There's a lot of things that can go wrong when we start to push it. There's still a lot of good opportunity, though, in the month of May to get that crop planted before we what we'd say is running out of time. We're one of just a, a handful of actual seed corn companies left in the U.S. that develops and breeds their own inbreds and crosses those to make hybrids. Part of the way that we've been so successful is just our ability to spread out our research trials. We run over 60 local research trials in our footprint. There's several in southern Wisconsin that we plant with a research-type planter. They're replicated. It's our standbys. It's some competitive material, and it's what we think could be the next best hybrid coming through the pipe. That's Dave Raleigh, Region Manager with Wiffles Hybrids. For more information, visit wiffles.com. Hi, it's Preston from Window World. Our courteous and talented installation team will make your project worry-free. Whether it's a new entry door, creating that perfect statement for the front of your home, or a clean new patio door that doesn't require Herculean strength to open. No matter the task, our employees will do what it takes to earn your satisfaction. Call me today or visit windowworldmadison.com. What's the difference between shopping William Thomas Custom Jewelry and a franchise jewelry store? The young rep at the franchise store probably knows more about their cell phone than they do exquisite jewelry. And where will they be in the future when you need them? William Thomas Custom Jewelry is a Madison original, and they'll be here for you whenever you need them. Creating one-of-a-kind pieces and here for the long haul. William Thomas Custom Jewelry, 
Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Shelly, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, more than helpful in explaining repairs in terms I understand and making an appointment that works with my schedule. Thanks, Shelly. Schedule your appointment. Tom'sAutoCenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Let Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison help you catch the island spirit with our Tiki Loot Party. On Saturday evening, June 4th, 37 winners will share in a massive amount of cash prizes and rewards play. It's going to be a huge night with four winners selected every half hour between 5 and 9 p.m. Then at 9.30, one grand prize winner will land in a big one. $20,000 in cash. But don't wait until the 4th for all this tiki fun. Check out our bar for some luau-inspired drink specials all month long. Come and get the tropical feeling at Ho-Chunk Gaming Are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? MSculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30-minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. MSculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. MSculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Because after talking with Greg Gard, well, can you tell the folks the question you asked about NIL and the University of Wisconsin and all the other big schools out there and what his response was, Zacharias? Yeah, so uh, college sports right now, a little bit of a transition period, you could say, with the way that NIL, which is name, image, likeness, and the way that players are able to have money off their name, image, likeness, and also there's a thing called collectives, which is not affiliated necessarily with the schools, but uh, alums and that type, boosters that type, they put a, a come together, a lot of money. It's kind of how Caleb Williams, uh, I think there's, yeah. Either way, they, they entice kids to come to school. So either way, they, those yeah. are those are two aspects of college football, uh, sports in general right now that are big news and that type of stuff. And so Wisconsin does not have a collective. They are um, not going to recruit uh, with NIL until, you know, guys get here. So they uh, are a little bit different than pretty much everybody else in the market right now. And I ask Greg Gard, how do you, how do you compete? How do you stay competitive in this market where money's being thrown around left and right? And he said, you know, that's never going to be us. It's not who we are as a university. It's not who we are as a program. It's not who we are. Who we are just, it's just not who we are. Hyper, the, all the money that's being thrown around to kids to get them to schools is not going to be us. Now, once they get here, we, we have so many different opportunities for guys to take advantage of. We've seen Johnny Davis take advantage of. We've seen Braylon Allen take advantage of. But there's so many opportunities to take advantage of. But they're not going to get into the um, astronomical numbers of throwing money at guys. Well, first of all, it's not legal, uh, even though teams are getting away with it right now. But second of all, it's just not who they are. So, and you were saying this last night when I was listening to Kenny and Heilprin. It was a phenomenal show. It was a great listen. It was very entertaining. And it was, Zach, it was essentially, you may not like it, the fan base that is, but 
that's what it is. Like if you've been following this program for the you know the past couple of decades, you know who they are. You know they stick to their values, and they're not going to do it, right? So they're not going to be, as you just said, they're not in the business of throwing around money. So what does that right, mean right. then moving forward for the likes of a football program or a basketball program? Are we then going to be left in the dust to an Ohio State more so than we already are or a Michigan or a Penn State or an insert team here? Well, I think it's an uphill battle no matter no matter what. It always is with Wisconsin. Uh, I think it becomes a little bit more difficult. We'll see. Look, there are going to be changes. I think there are going to be attempted. I should say I think there's going to be attempted changes to this. We've seen some uh, uh, college ADs and some college commissioners, you know, trying to come out with new guidelines on, on how to deal with, you know, guys essentially being paid paid to play uh, that we've seen, whether it was whether it's the kid with Pitt who's been, you know, trying to get to USC for $3 billion in a house. Like, that's, you know, it's pretty blatant what it is. Um <laughs> So there, there are some changes I think that they're, they're going to try and make. I don't know if they're going to be successful. I think it's going to get caught up in the courts, and I don't necessarily think the NCAA has a great – I mean, it's pretty clear they don't have a great record in the courts, so I don't know what kind of changes are going to be, but it's going to make it difficult. There's no doubt that uh, – more difficult, I should say. There's no doubt about that. Um, and, you know, maybe Wisconsin, uh, the school itself, won't ever be that. But I feel like, you know, there's going to be alums that are probably going to be a little fed up and, and perhaps try to start something themselves. But um, then you risk having that fracture with the university that you care so much about. So there there are – I mean, it, I don't think Wisconsin – it's ever going to be Wisconsin. That'll ever, that will ever be Wisconsin, and it's going to make it a little bit more difficult to compete at a national level. I feel like for a few million dollars in a house, we might actually remember that Reggie Bush won a Heisman here in a couple of years. <laughs> right? <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, this is interesting. This he is did. very interesting. He did. He, you can't take it one away from husband, him. Yeah. One, one national actually, you, championship. Actually, you can take it away from him because they did. Yes, you can. All right. Yeah. So, uh, Zach, I was reading too. So I was looking at this, you know, this NIL deal stuff. And it's like, so I was uh, reading an article of what was Sports Illustrated, but more specifics on new NIL guidelines are expected uh, to be published coming up here. So schools with boosters who have communicated and struck deals with players who haven't yet signed to schools are going to be sanctioned coming up, says athletic directors. Did they jump into this NIL deal, the NCAA, without a plan, essentially? Well, the NCAA, I mean, I mean the NCAA still doesn't have a plan. Um, they, so it's the Wild West dra- of just throwing they, money they around? They dragged their feet. They dragged their feet. They dragged their feet for years. We, like, we, we all saw this was coming. I mean, I, especially when um, I think you could probably go back uh, to – the NCAA football game and that type of stuff being, you know, having to be stopped because players were not being compensated for essentially their name, image, and likeness. That's how this whole thing started. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You know, in Wisconsin, we take June Dairy Month very seriously, and we're getting ready to mobilize now that things are kind of back to a more normal pace as far as our lifestyle is concerned. And our enthusiasm about June Dairy Month is not limited to just within our borders. We're talking about it with Tina Peterson from Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin on this Monday. Glad you're along with us. I'm Pam Youngke. So today is the ninth day of May. Let's see. On this day back in 1950, the very first sporting event was held at Milwaukee Arena. It was a prize fight. Rocky Graziano scored a fourth round technical knockout over Vinny Sedone. It was a middleweight fight that drew over 12,000 fans back in 1980. 
That's the first sporting event at the Milwaukee Arena. Happy birthday today to singer-songwriter Billy Joel. And this is the anniversary of the very first birth control pill. Happened on this day back in 1960. U.S. Food and Drug Administration announced it would add birth control as a new indication for the drug Enovid back on this day in 1960. And now you know. Well, boy, we're paying attention to the weather this week, aren't we? Today's daytime highs expected to be around 78, tomorrow 86, Wednesday 84, and Thursday 88 degrees. And we're still in the first few days of May. This could be something we attribute to what's called the Brenner Cycle. The Brenner Cycle is something that's been put together between an 1800 farmer, a Canadian analyst, and an Iowa State professor who focuses in on weather. What is the Brenner Cycle? Mo Augustino, a Canadian broker analyst, explains. The Brenner Cycle is a long-term weather cycle focused on tree rings. You know, the width of a tree ring would tell you whether it was a dry year or lots of moisture. Dr. Ellen Taylor from Iowa State University has gone back over 400 years. He has come up with this 89-year drought cycle. The last one was the 1930s that peaked in 1936. So it's a six-year cycle. Started in 2019. This is the third year. Should peak sometime in 2025. That's when Mother Nature will allow the globe to overproduce. That's Mo Augustino. He is a Canadian agricultural commodity risk analyst that's talking about the Brenner cycle. This is something he says that if you take a look at the weather patterns back in the mid-1930s, which is when the last Brenner cycle would have ended, he said that was the Dust Bowl. And he says that was not a weather pattern exclusive to North America. So like he said, this uh, extreme weather expected to continue through 2025 and then back to quote-unquote normal. Markets this morning are uh, not happy with what's happening around the world. China locking down Shanghai even further with COVID restrictions. That's got the markets trading lower and some real anxiety about what's going to happen between Russia and the Ukraine this week. Markets are coming up next. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. It's 15 minutes until dinner time, and between everything on the stove, table, and cutting board, you've got enough to worry about. But everyone knows the meal isn't complete without warm, delicious rolls. So what can you do? There's no time to make rolls from scratch or pick some up from the bakery. Now you don't have to compromise. Try Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls with all the taste and freshness of homemade rolls, ready in around 10 minutes. Simply heat them in the oven and you're done. No prep necessary, no stress required. Complete the meal with Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls. Well, like I said, markets are not happy this morning with what's unfolding around the world. Uh, China is continuing to ratchet down on restrictions regarding COVID in cities as big as Shanghai. That's got markets trading lower. And uh, yesterday, during his Victory Day speech, 
Russian President Vladimir Putin suggested that he is going to amp up attacks against the Ukraine. Dow Jones Industrial Average this morning down more than 400 points currently. Our commodities are all lower except wheat. December corn's down 12 and a half, 708 and a quarter. November soybeans down 14 and a half. 1456 and a quarter. The wheat for July, that's up 14 and a half right now at 11.23. Friday in Chicago, barrel cheese was unchanged at 238. 40-pound block cheese unchanged at 235. Double A butter dropped two cents to 264 a pound. June milk down six right now at 24.40 a hundredweight. July milk closed 14 cents lower, 24.10 a hundredweight. You know, there is one possible good piece of news I can bring you this morning. E15 fuel use is getting approval to be used through the summer months. That means that consumers at the pump have one more option when it comes to fueling up their vehicles with renewable fuels. Stephanie Hoff was in Washington, D.C. just last week, and she had a chance to visit with Energy Secretary Michael Regan and talk more about E15's waiver. Right now, there's a bipartisan effort to make year-round E15 sales permanent. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers is a part of the group asking the Environmental Protection Agency to make the change. While in Washington, D.C., I asked Administrator Michael Regan if he will support year-round E15. While he did not give me a straight answer, he did say this. The E15 waiver uh, that EPA has issued uh, is designed to head off any disruptions in fuel supply. Uh, The added benefit of that also is E15 is cheaper and does reduce that pain point at the pump. Uh, We also have over 2,300 fueling stations in our rural communities that will have access to more E15. Uh, So, you know, my focus on this has been to support the president's goals of not having our fuel supply disrupted. Um, You know, a co-benefit of that is price reduction. Um, And then we've done the necessary analysis for the summertime to look at, you know, uh, not having any adverse impacts from an air quality standpoint. That's U.S. Environmental Protection Agency Administrator Michael Regan. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Get ready to run Madtown, presented by SSM Health. Join us Sunday morning, May 29th, for a unique tour of Madison, start and ending on the Capitol Square. It's a half marathon or a 5K that you can run with your best friend, human, or canine. That's right, this year you can run either race with your dog or run the 5K with a stroller. And after the race, enjoy warm food and a cold Michelob Ultra. Sign up now before the price goes up. Get details at runmadtown.com from SSM Health, Murphy Desmond Lawyers SC, and The Zone. You're the one everyone looks to for answers. Come rain or shine, the job must get done. And you're the one who makes it happen. We get you, Jackie in Fresno, putting your employee safety first. And Manny in Chattanooga, whose local Granger team knows him by name. We're here for you and all the ones who get it done. With 24-7 customer support and access to product specialists to help you find what you need. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Trusting someone else enough to pack up your stuff for the big move usually doesn't happen. Our employees are like family and have been with us for a very long time. You can feel comfortable with them packing things up and moving them. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the all in the family move. 
Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these before. You might want a new kitchen to upgrade the countertops, add soft closed doors and drawers, or improve on the original layout with new wall placement. Actuate Improvement will make your kitchen more livable, all the while helping you increase the value of your entire home. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company specializing in kitchens, baths, and basements. Let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate, consultation, and suggestions. ActuateLLC.com Design. Create. Actuate. An industry that feeds the world is definitely an industry worth talking about. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Honestly, it is one of my favorite times of the year, and I am so grateful that 2022 looks very similar to what we experienced in 2019. Talking about June Dairy Month. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee, along with my friends from Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin to get you keyed up and ready to go. Whether it's a dairy breakfast, whether it's a, a different promotion in the community, you may not realize just how big a deal it is not only for Wisconsin, but for dairy as a whole. Joining us today is Tina Peterson. She is the Director of Wisconsin Communications with Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. And I've got to believe, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I found time on your schedule, Tina, because people don't realize how much time and energy is consumed within Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin to promote real Wisconsin dairy and really coordinate with a lot of other groups that are equally proud of our dairy industry. Tell me a little bit about what we can look forward to. Well, we're really excited to be back to what we would consider closer to normal this year. And yes, we are partnering with organizations all throughout the state and actually all throughout the country to really showcase those hardworking dairy farmers and those fantastic dairy products that come outside of or that come out of our great state of Wisconsin, and we do that through retail, we do that through consumers, we do that through our champions of dairy groups, even through active activate, um, activating youth and getting them excited and championing um, our voice for Wisconsin dairy farmers. Yeah, there's always a story and there's always something to be learned if you engage in our June dairy activities. Let's go back to the mobilization of volunteers. I mean, we could not pay everybody that wants to be involved in our June dairy activities. Tell me about what you call champions of dairy. Well, our champions of dairy are what I refer to as boots on the ground. There's over 8,000 volunteers that help to make um, National Dairy Month one of the biggest activations probably in the entire uh, United States in general. But in Wisconsin, we are obviously doing National Dairy Month bigger and better than any place else in the world. And our champions of dairy groups are those local dairy promotion groups that have those active members, whether they're um, industry relations, whether they're youth that are participating, uh, they might even be neighbors or friends, and they all come together to make sure that we have events and on-the-farm activities that consumers can uh, really join in on the festivities with. We also work with our FFA chapters. Uh, Many of them are holding their own breakfast or maybe um, types of organizations or or, uh, um, consumer events, whether it's at retail or ice cream socials. And then we have a group such as 4-H or Wisconsin Farm Bureau, even Egg in the Classroom. And so this is really a multifaceted effect, um, and it goes through many, many different age groups and many different types of consumers. Well, and I don't want them to take it for granted because I get so many emails and phone calls. In Wisconsin, we kind of assume 
I'm going to have a county dairy breakfast or I'm going to have, uh, you know, a breakfast someplace, maybe at a county park or something like that. All of this is critically planned. Explain for people what kinds of resources or different uh, support Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin provides for some of those groups. Well, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, we work on this all year long to make sure that June is obviously one of those great activation months for us. So we do things like we provide training for uh, people that are going to be helping. We provide resources and kits, um, things simple as scavenger hunts to engage key, um, key audiences such as youth at these events. Um, getting consumers like parents and those adults to understand nutritional value, understand sustainability messages, ask those questions and know the answer to why dairy is so important inside of our state of Wisconsin. We do things that run the gamut, everything from dairy product sampling kits all the way up to signage that helps to share our messages, and everything wraps itself in learn, eat, and enjoy. Yep, that's our theme this year, folks. Learn, eat, and enjoy. Again, Tina Peterson along with us, Director of Wisconsin Communications for Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. And, you know, I want to draw it back to the dairy farms that we celebrate. You know, Tina, as you pointed out, in many counties throughout many of our June dairy events, it really all comes back to the willingness that our Wisconsin dairy farmers have to share their experiences by inviting people to the farm. And we have to remember that all of those volunteers, all of those organizations and associations, really just trying to show their pride in the dairy farmers' dairy operations we've got in the state. Absolutely. So not only do we have the heritage and the pride, but we have that passion that our dairy farmers have to tell the stories of why dairy is good for for nutritional value, why it's good for our planet and what we're doing to make sure that we're sustainable. And best of all, why it's good for our community. You know, think about Wisconsin in general, but also the economic impact of our dairy farmers all across Wisconsin. Well, and I also like the carrot that it provides us to tell our story across uh, broad media. You know, television stations are suddenly interested, more radio conversations, and we can't look past social media. I'm guessing, Tina, that when you take a look back at previous campaigns, all of those forms of promotion, we really get a, a big uh, storytelling opportunity there. And it, it's usually not an expense for dairy farmers of Wisconsin. Correct. And so a lot of these things, like our volunteers, are free to us. So just sharing our messages, getting them out there, making sure that people are actively engaged. And you're, you're absolutely right. Things like tagging America's Dairyland on your social media or participating in cooking a recipe with your family at home and sharing that out. Those are all ways that people can be supportive of our Wisconsin dairy farmers. And, of course, going to the store and looking for those probably Wisconsin cheese and probably Wisconsin dairy badges and making sure you're buying a product that supports those local Wisconsin families. Yeah, let's keep that theme running, Tina. Talk to them a little bit. You know, like we said, in, in Wisconsin, June Dairy Month is a big deal. Outside states, maybe not so much so, but Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin tries to infuse that excitement through retail partnerships well beyond our borders. Absolutely. So we all want people to celebrate like a Wisconsinite when it comes to National Dairy Month. And we do activations all throughout the United States to make sure people are looking for those real Wisconsin dairy products and making sure that they're utilizing them with their families to provide that nutrition. We also do media outreach all across the United States through um, whether it's a celebrity chef that's using a product from Wisconsin or we'll do activations within our Cheeselandia uh, community to get people excited about sharing with that passion of Wisconsin dairy farmers. 
just love to have them think about June in a whole different way and put that Wisconsin spin on it. Now, we're getting ready for all the big events, Tina. When you take a look at the calendar that lies ahead, uh, do you see that we're back to almost uh, full activity as far as individual dairy events, maybe something new? Give me a sense on the tempo that you're expecting for June. Well, the tempo is exceeding expectations. I will say that. If you have a chance, I highly encourage your listeners to go to wisconsindairy.org backslash National Dairy Month. We have an interactive map. We've got materials that people can use for resources if they're wanting to engage consumers. But our map is getting lit up with events all across uh, Wisconsin. In fact, several activations in some counties where there's more than one opportunity to get out on a farm or participate in a community event. So lots of energy getting generated. I'm really excited to see the numbers that come in for the <laughs> the amount of breakfast served, the, the dairy products that are featured, and of course those pictures that consumers are going to share uh, when they're engaged at the dairy farm. Yes, indeed. And this is the kind of opportunity. It doesn't matter where you are in the state of Wisconsin. There is a dairy event you can get behind in June. And like Tina said, share your message. If you're traveling, you may find a great opportunity while you're on the road to enjoy a different dairy activity in a different state. Go to wisconsindairy.org backslash dairy month and you'll see all of those uh, opportunities. And like you said, Tina, the best thing, grab your neighbor, grab the rest of your family, grab a stranger and help them enjoy June Dairy Month with us. Absolutely. There's never a bad way to celebrate our dairy farmers and making sure that we're passing along those messages um, that are very supportive and we really, really realize that we can celebrate all of their efforts that they work so hard for 365 days a year. Now, just out of curiosity, Tina, let's say that there's someone out there that is excited about the education side of things, uh, might like to have a few extra materials. Do you suggest that they contact anybody through Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin? Is there a link where they can download some of that stuff, or is it available at wisconsindairy.org? Absolutely. We've got resources, whether you're a youth organization, whether you're um, trying to educate adults, maybe you're holding a some kind of social at, at, at a financial institution. Mm-hmm. We've got resources for you. So if you visit WisconsinDairy.org, along the top, you're going to see multiple different facets. You can focus on youth in schools, or you can figure out how to promote dairy at your local level. Just find those um, those links, click on them, and if nothing else, get in contact with us because we're happy to help. Absolutely. Ah, uh, takes me back to my days as a dairy queen when I was handing out cheese at the bank. You're so much more sophisticated today, folks, and tap into all of the energy and all of the education. Again, the theme this year, learn, eat, and enjoy June Dairy Month in Wisconsin and across the countryside. That's Tina Peterson along with us, Director of Wisconsin Communication for Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Remember, that group is powered entirely by our hardworking Wisconsin dairy farm families and their checkoff dollars. Get involved. Join us at one of our June Dairy events or at least interact online. And don't forget, all of your pictures, hashtag them, America's Dairyland. Get started today at Wisconsin.